I'm Ellen Doherty from the Fred Rogers Company, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for joining me here once again on On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 458. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. And this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Ellen Doherty from the Fred Rogers Company is going to be joining us, talking about uh, what they have uh, out in the world of animation and kids' TV and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be an interesting one. Stick around for that. And we've also got a host of other things of course, remakes and sequels and upcoming movies and everything. Uh, think you're going to enjoy it. Stick around. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Remake Madness. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. It looks like the remake of Junami. Junami, Welcome to the Jungle with Dwayne Johnson and Jack Black will pay homage to Robin Williams, who was, of course, in the first Junami movie. And the film arrives on December 20th, 2017. The next remake of The Wolfman will arrive on March 23rd, 2018. And Max Landis will direct the remake of An American Werewolf in London. And remember, his dad, John Landis, directed the original back in 1981. And that's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. What's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies, it looks like Danny Elfman will be the composer for the new upcoming Justice League movie. And Ben Kingsley, he's going to be playing a Nazi war criminal in the film called Operation Finale. And it starts filming this fall. And Kevin Smith is filming a Kevin Smith horror movie. <laughs> That's what you can say. It's, a, it's going to be a little unusual, I'm sure. And it's called Kilroy Was Here. And filming is taking place in Florida. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, well, Triple X4 is now in development with Vin Diesel starring, of course. And uh, let's see, the sequel to The Edge of Tomorrow will explain the ending of the original, they're telling us. And Daddy's Home 2, starring Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, is going to be joined by Mel Gibson and John Lithgow as their fathers. Sounds like a lot of fun. That's going to be coming your way on November 10th. That's it for Sequel City. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD?
TV on DVD, Death Valley Days, the complete 13th season with host Ronald Reagan. Remember that guy? Uh, he did a few movies, some TV, and ultimately became president. He arrives uh, on DVD on July 3rd at Walmart, and its uh, wide release comes our way on October 3rd. September 5th, you can get Just Shoot Me, the complete series on DVD, and The Big Bang Theory, the complete 10th season, comes our way on September 12th on Blu-ray and DVD. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, The Circle with Emma Watson and Tom Hanks will hit stores on August 1st. Colossal with Dan Stevens and Anne Hathaway will be arriving on Blu-ray and DVD on August 1st. And The Smurfs, The Lost Village, lands in stores on July 11th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond. TV and Entertainment Time, Tony Danza will star in a new Netflix series called The Good Cop from the creator of Monk. They call it a dramedy. And Bill Dana, comedian who played the character Jose Jimenez, has died at the age of 92. And Stephen First of Animal House has passed away at the age of 63. That's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. Celebrity birthdays. Well, let's see here. June 19th, Paula Abdul turns 56. June 20th, John Goodman turns 65. June 21st, Chris Pratt turns 38. And on June 22nd, it's Chris Christopherson turning 81. And on June 24th, Mick Fleetwood, drummer for Fleetwood Mac, turns 70. And on June 25th, June Lockhart turns 92. That's it for Celebrity Birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, Tanya P. of of, uh, Dallas, Texas, turns 46 on June 23rd. And if you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday, be sure to send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we will all be wishing you a very happy birthday as far as listeners here at On Screen and Beyond. So get that information out to me. All right. It uh, is now time for our interview with Ellen Doherty from the... Fred Rogers Company, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as their foundation. They're coming out with all kinds of shows. They've had a lot of shows out, won a lot of awards and everything. You can see them on PBS and a whole lot of other places. They're getting into web series now and web content and everything else. We're going to talk all about that with Ellen. Ellen Doherty is next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is the executive in charge of production for the Fred Rogers Company, who gave us Odd Squad and many other shows. And Odd Squad obviously has won five Emmys, and it's Ellen Doherty. Ellen, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hi, thanks, Brian. Ellen, the Fred Rogers Company, I mean, 
what more can we say? You, you say the name, <laughs> and everybody knows who, who the Fred Rogers Company is. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's Fred Rogers is a name that opens a lot of doors and and makes a lot of people smile. Mm-hmm. Now, growing up, did you watch any of those shows, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and things like that? Oh, yeah. I definitely watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood when I was a kid. What influenced you to become uh, a person working in the business? <laughs> um, you know, I, I guess it's kind of hard to say. I guess it was that um, I knew uh, when I was in high school and heading off to college, I thought about... Um, I wanted to be a writer, and I had thought about journalism and advertising because those were kind of the writer jobs that I knew beyond being an author. And um, when I got to college, I uh, was a communications major at Boston College, and it was sort of a um, general kind of major. So there were advertising, um, TV, journalism classes were just sort of what made up our, what what made up the major. And it, when I started taking the television production classes, I thought, like, oh, this kind of combines everything that I'm kind of finding interesting fun about. Like, I like to make stuff. I like to tell stories and write. And um, the kids' piece of it came in, I think, because um, my mom was a, was a math teacher. Um, I have other, uh, other members of her family going back were teachers or educators um, involved in education for um you know, a couple of generations anyway. And so that idea of being a teacher or being involved in education was something that I thought about. And um, I remember working, one of my summer jobs was working at a regional, like, department store that was kind of like Target. And um, I was assigned to work in the toy department. And, it, you know, kids would come in and they would ask for their for toys based on current TV shows that hadn't been around when I was, you know, seven years old, and they would say, you know, do you have, I don't know, some character? And I would say, which one is that? Thinking, is that the one with the black hair and the green shirt, or is that the kid, you know, the one with the blonde hair and, you know, a blue shirt? And they would tell me the whole, like, history of this character and and of the world and all of the rules and, like, give me these very complex answers. And I, you know... One thought, well, if you can tell me what what the character is wearing, then I can actually find it for you on the shelf. But two, I thought, that's so amazing. Like, uh, what kids can remember and what kids can learn through media and how amazing if if it was actually something useful instead of just, you know, something fanciful, which is good, too. I love, you know, big, amazing stories and epic, epic stories like Star Wars, but I also think there's a great place for stories that, that help kids learn, which is what we do with Daniel Tiger and Odd Squad and Peg Plus Cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that your mother was a math teacher. Yes. And did that have anything to do with you being involved with Cyber Chase, which was a math-themed <laughs> animated show? It, it, it did not have a thing to do with it, except <laughs> that um, uh, it didn't really. It was more of... Uh, that um, I knew uh, one of the original executive producers and I had worked with her, so when a job opened up, she called me and was like, you know, I want you to do this. You'd be great. And I was like, animation? I I had never done animation before. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that it was a math show was um, sort of initially incidental. It was just kind of, I thought it was funny that my mom was a math teacher and that I was looking (laughs) at doing this math show. But then it also, I thought it was really interesting because I felt like, 
as the child of a math teacher, I felt like I lived cyber chase. Right. <laughs> just to say, not with the, you know, I didn't have to defeat bad guys or anything, but the idea that math was everywhere and that anyone could be good at it, which is the central tenant of cyber chase, is really what my mom, um, how my mom raised us, where, you know, there was just math part, part all kinds of, Math was part of a lot of conversations in very incidental ways, and she would ask us questions and, um, you know, help us to think about problem solving. Mm-hmm. Then, um, and and so I feel like it made me better at math because makes me what part of what makes me a good producer I think is that I'm um, a pretty agile problem solver and being able to think about different factors and different, you know, situations and outcomes. And I feel like a lot of that is mathematical reasoning. Mm-hmm. It's core of being able to, you know, say, well, if if I do, you know, there are here four different things that could happen, and these are different factors. And, um, you know, it's not quite the conversation when I think about stuff in my head or when I talk to people, but it is being able to swap things in and out and consider is just, I think, is a lot of that mathematical reasoning and problem-solving and puzzles. And and I definitely liked that stuff as a kid. Hmm. Now, we've had here at On Screen or Beyond, we've had uh, actors and directors and Oscar winners and, and, and producers and all this. Can you give our audience an idea of what a... Uh, executive in, uh, in charge of production does because you know we like I say we have so many different people come on and we're very interested in every aspect of of the uh, industry and I'm just curious uh, what what would you say is what an executive in charge of production does? Um, well, it's uh, <laughs> it is kind of both exactly what it sounds like and also not at all, but um, I'm the person who supervises all of the productions that we have going and really what it means is that in some in some cases I'm an executive producer um, and play more of a role in the content and other times it's more about making deals and making sure that things stay on schedule and um, building relationships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I also um, oversee the development of new properties um, so that's all folded in but I know in, in in television and probably film, there's a lot of um, variation in what any particular job does. My background is as a producer, and you know the the only way, the best way to describe what a producer does, I think, is to say that a producer's job is to make things happen, and those things may be a story, a script, um, something on the creative side, or it may be a budget or a deal or something on more business or logistics. Mm-hmm. And the task is, no matter what it is, you have to figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. Because uh, us, the normal audience of a TV show or a movie or anything, will be sitting there, and, you know, and you see all these executives. <laughs> Names go yeah. by. And you, and you wonder, I wonder what that one does. You know? Yeah, no, and the truth is that it's really hard to kind of break down because it does vary from team to team. Mm-hmm. From even from genre to genre, I think there's a there's a lot of variety, um, but uh, yeah, it's basically it's just like there's so many people that you need to um, there's so many aspects of a production, and you just need people who can kind of you know make sure that you stay on budget or make sure that your the creative is is really strong or that you have the um, the funding to actually make the show, and you know occasionally those 
those are the same person, but most of the time you just, you know, one person couldn't do it, can't do it all. Mm-hmm. And so you break it down. Yeah. But, yeah, it takes it literally takes a village. Yep. <laughs> That's for sure. Now, I, with the development that you do, um, you do obviously the TV shows and things, but now I understand that you're starting to get more into uh, the digital world uh, with the Through the Woods. Um, yeah, I mean, we we produce um, and oversee the digital for uh, the games and apps and websites for um, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood and um, Peg Plus Cat and help manage the Odd Squad digital content too. But yes, Through the Woods is our for- first um, short form series for a mobile platform. And um, it, you know, Curious World is a subscription service that is available only through um, the app, which mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. So it's, you know, thinking about content that's consumed on the go, which is a lot of what kids are, are how kids are watching TV these days is on mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's changing so fast. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny because you'll see uh, little kids, uh, you know, two, maybe even under two, and and they'll take a a, a, a tablet or something or a phone, and, and they'll be able to whip through that thing like like you know, <laughs> like they know what they're doing. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's very they it's very intuitive to them. I think that um, it's sometimes harder for for those older over the ten to. Um, understand what you're supposed to, you know, understand what you're supposed to do. And there's a sort of a, you know, that feeling sometimes of like, well, it should tell me what to do, but a lot of design is meant to be like you experiment and then you learn what to do, Mm -hmm. um, which is a different way to approach things, but works very well for, for young kids. Yeah. Well, I I have to tell you that when I was reading your bio, uh, it says you've been in the business for over 20 years, two decades. (laughs) Yes. And, and then when I saw your, your picture, on uh, the the website, I, I thought you you look like you're just out of high school. <laughs> oh well, that's very kind of you to say. That is not the case. <laughs> school was a while ago. But uh, uh, it, it's it must be exciting at this time, though, with all the different avenues that you know. Like you say, you know, you can go into TV, you can go to, to movies, you can go now into the the mobile world and everything. And and you know, where are we going to end up next? Do you, do you have to look in that direction to see where you think we're going to go? Yeah, certainly. Part of our jobs is or part of my job, but part of the job of any person in media is to think about what's coming, and especially for kids because. They kind of just, you know, new technologies happen. They're pretty quick advi- adapters to new content or new new devices and platforms, and they just kind of expect everything to be there. So, um, and often there are great opportunities for for learning. So, um, yeah, we do we do look at what's coming, and then the question is, how is it helpful? Can it be helpful for our audience? So, uh, virtual reality and mixed reality are things that we're not. You know, we're looking, we're keeping track of, I would say. We don't have any properties that are doing any um, VR or mixed reality right now. It's not really recommended for kids in the age groups of our shows, but mm-hmm. it's something that as the technology changes and improves that there might be opportunities and there are interesting ways to look at what can be done um, with that and with, you know, a variety of, of technologies like that. I think it's our jobs to keep track of what's happening and what's coming and say, see, you know, look for the opportunities to 
tell better stories and help kids learn more stuff. Yeah. And I, I had the opportunity recently to uh, use a, a virtual reality system. And, of course, now that I mean, they, they seem to be getting smaller and smaller as we get along compared to yeah. what they were a few years back. And I'm sure in, you know, another five years or something, it'll be something that's very common, like you're carrying around your phone. But using it, it was incredible. And, and I could picture uh, putting yourself into uh, a world of, you know, uh, Daniel's Tigers neighborhood or something and walking through it and, and doing things and discovering things. It, it's, it's just incredible. The things that they that can be coming down the line. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it, it comes back to, you know, always what is, what's the best fit for the age group, what's appropriate for kids at a, at any given age. You know, our shows span from two to eight years old mm-hmm. with Daniel on the younger side of two to four year olds. And there, you know, the question when it comes to these kinds of, um, different forms of reality or playing with what is reality for a preschooler, they're already trying to, you know, they're already still figuring out what is real and what is not. Right. So, you know, going, uh, taking Daniel Tiger into VR is not something that's likely to happen anytime soon or mm-hmm. if ever because it's something that may not be the best fit for the audience. Right. Yeah. But, you know, for an 8-year-old or a 10-year-old who can really, you know, who really understands um, what the difference is between reality and, and, and the sort of fantasy world that you can see through technology, that for them there are definitely some interesting opportunities once the technology is at a point where it's like really um, a good fit. And there are some interesting uses happening now, even for that audience, where it's like more um, like a shared experience or, um, you know, as the headsets and stuff get smaller and more portable and, you know, are not going to, you know, there's lots of different concerns around, like, vision and, um, you know, like those initial headsets, like you said, that were very heavy. Right, yeah. That's not good for a kid, and that's, you know, there's those things. So we're always looking at, you know, what are the ramifications of getting involved in something new, and our sort of philosophy is we want to explore this stuff, we want to know what's going on, we want to be aware of the opportunities, but we want to come out with something that we think is really um helpful and useful and sort of taking advantage of best practices of a new platform, but we're not concerned about getting out and being the first on a new platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But uh, Now, being part of the development of shows, uh, how do you do I mean, are you out looking at uh, – do, do you have people coming, knocking on the door and saying, hey, I have a show you want to see? <laughs> how, how does that work? Uh, it, it, I just can't understand what you do, how you how you find shows. Sure. Well, we it's it's a variety of things. It is about um, people who come to us and and say, "I've got an idea. What do you think?" It's also um, a lot of it for me is about um, you know. There's a lot of people that I've met over my time in in the business, and so a lot of that is calling back and thinking about who are the people that I want to work with on something new and being in touch with them and saying, you know, what do you got? Are you, you know, let us know. And then when we have a project, it's about making making relationships and fitting together, uh, you know, finding people to work on a project. So, for example, for Through the Woods, which we developed here, and I was the, um, you know, created that series, when it came to looking at the animation and, and who to do it, I talked to a bunch of people, some of whom I knew um, and had worked with in the past, others of whom were new, and we got a variety of bids um, 
for that project, but, you know, the sort of the one that captured um, what I was envisioning most and my, my, our partners at HMH um, happily agreed and, and were fully on board with the ideas were um, an independent artist who is based in Denmark named Marie, who I'd worked with on a project seven years ago or eight years ago, and then um, Pip Animation in Ottawa, Canada, who's the animation studio I worked with for Cyber Chase. And because I knew Marie's talent as an artist and Pip's um, talent as a studio and Mika Stewart as the director personally who would be the director on our project, because I knew them and what their capabilities were and their personal interest in this case in nature and in their strengths and storytelling amongst um, showing relationships in particular and animals, I knew that this would be a great team for this particular project. So part of my task is to know people and put together teams. Mm-hmm. My other, another part of my job is to um, build relationships and, and meet people who can pitch us um, new ideas so that when they have something, they call us and say, hey, I really want to talk to you about my new idea. Um, and then also to develop stuff independently or in, in-house but um, so that uh, when an opportunity comes uh, up, like with Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, they came to us and they said, you know, we're interested in working with you. Here are some things that we're looking for. Do you have anything that you want to pitch? And we developed two ideas, and they picked um, Through the Woods. So in that case, that was, you know, developed here in-house, the creative, and then we brought on other um, partners uh, for the on the animation side. But um, it really is, there's no one pattern. There's no one way of working. It really depends on the project. And then others were working with um, different talent who, you know, some are uh, either performers or actors and who have, or writers who have ideas, and it's about bringing along their ideas and finding the right people to work with on them. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, being the Fred Rogers Company and, of course, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, have they ever thought of redoing the show without, of course, with a new person running uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or anything like that? You mean like a new Fred? Right, yeah, a new Fred. <laughs> you can never have another Fred, though. <laughs> that's the thing. No, well, see, that's the thing, actually. I mean, I, I really, um, no, it's not something that we think about because I think that it's really not... It's not possible in the same way. Fred, yeah. Mr. You know, Fred Rogers was incredibly unique and incredibly talented in ways that, um, you know, it's not just about a you know a host who's talking to um, camera. It's really everything that he put into that show and in his unique vision. Mm-hmm. You know, he was um, really um, uh, he he was incredibly unique, just like you know the the comparison that comes to mind is Jim Henson. Like, they were both exactly, unique. yes. They were innovators. But you can't have the next Jim Henson, and you can't have the next Fred Rogers. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, 
Fred Rogers had a unique vision for what he thought children's television could be because in the late 50s, early 60s, when he started working, you know, television was in its absolute infancy. And um, for him to be able to say, no, I think this can do something more was so remarkable. And, you know, I, I, I think it would be, you know, wonderful if there was someone who um, was able to bring um, such a wholehearted vision to hosting television, I think it's really, re- Fred's gift was really, really, really rare. Right. And um, so, my, I, you know, our position, my position personally, too, is that I don't think we're going to find it, and I don't want to manufacture something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, it's something that comes, um, he was an incredibly unique talent from being on camera and his way of being as a performer as a musician, as a writer, you know, he really did so much and brought a very strong and unique vision. We hope that our, you know, many people were inspired by Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood um, and that to make media, um, Angela Santamero, who created Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, was personally incredibly inspired by um, the work of Fred Rogers and that is partly, you know, why she uh, was one of the people who the company reached out to when they were thinking of bringing in, you know, starting television production again after, you know, a few years after um, Fred passed away. So, um, you know, we, we hope that Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, you know, created a lot of, you know, it was an inspiration for a lot of people. And we hope that these new shows are all, will also be inspirational because they are looking at, meeting children where they are, being incredibly age-appropriate, um, and being bringing thoughtful content that helps kids learn something, whether it's social-emotional skills like on Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood or math and problem-solving on um, Ted Plus Cat and Odd Squad. And both of them also have, you know, very interesting social-emotional themes, too, where with Odd Squad, it's a team, and they're working together. And on Peg Plus Cat, there's also a mentoring piece where there's an older character named Ramon who comes in and helps out, and he um, answers questions and gives a little bit of information, but he's not there to solve it. He's just there to help them along. And um, through that, we created um, an an award that we uh, have given out through public television stations um, in partnership with stations who give them out in their communities called an I Do What I Can Award, which um, recognizes kids in the local community who are doing something to help out. And um, that's a great thing. It's a math show, but yeah. it's also got that piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with Through the Woods, which is a show that's about nature, but it's also about family and relationships. And, you know, we have a, a, a boy rider who goes to visit his Grammy, and when he has these adventures along the way... Um, and he wants to share those. He cannot wait to share those, you know, his discoveries with his grandmother. And when he gets there, she is all ears to hear what he has to say, but she is also really thoughtful about asking questions to help him, um, you know, think about what he saw and have him, you know, find ways for him to answer some of his own questions. And other times she gives him information or vocabulary. You know, he doesn't know what a woodpecker is. So she tells him that that bird that he saw with, 
you know, the redhead and the big, long beak that went tap, tap, tap on the tree. She gives him the word woodpecker, and then he knows it. But he already, he knew what he saw because he saw the bird and he had these observations. Right. So that is, but that, that family piece of, you know, how adults can help the kids in their lives um, learn new things and, and spark their curiosity and encourage their curiosity, I think is all very much in that, in that same sort of um, part of the goals that we look for, uh, part of the goals that we, we have here at the Fred Rogers Company. Yeah. Now, if any of our listeners wanted to uh, see Curious World and Through the Woods, where, how do they get to that digital platform? <laughs> Oh, um, you can download it on, um, you can download the app. So Curious World um, is, the app itself to download is free, and there's a certain number of videos that are always in the app and available for free on, you know, when you download the app. Mm -hmm. And then if you subscribe, then you have access to all the content. There's also, you know, we... um, on our website, there's a short clip from one of the videos, and um, there's a. Sh- I think on the Curious World YouTube channel, there's a clip from one of the videos, and then we, you know, um, occasionally tweet them out or post them on Facebook through the Fred Rogers Company too. Oh, okay, all right. Well, Ellen, I, I thank you for joining us, and um, I do want to finish up with two final questions. Sure. All right, and and everybody tells me these are the toughest ones, so <laughs> get ready for them. Okay, <laughs> not that bad, though, really. Um, it it sounds like you are a very busy person, but when you finally get to get home, put your feet up, relax, what do you watch on TV? What are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, gosh, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, you're right, that is a hard question. Um, I guess now it definitely varies. Um, I'm trying to think of what I've been watching lately. Um, I mean, I, I'm a sucker for Masterpiece Theater mm-hmm. on PBS. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, so Called the Midwife was one of the ones that I was watching, and The Durls of Corfu was another great one that was on this spring. Um, I also like Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and um, uh, what else? Um, Stranger Things was my obsession last summer. Ah, yes. Uh, curious to see what happens in the season two for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of the past, did you say? Yeah, when you when you were a kid growing up. Okay. Um, well, um, I watched you know Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Sesame Street, and Captain Kangaroo. Um, I, but probably my favorite show when I was little was H.R. Puffin Stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then also I, was, I really loved um, uh, The Big Blue Marble and In the News and Schoolhouse Rock. And those were all interstitials that were what I would, you know, now I wouldn't, when I was a kid I didn't know that was the word. But there were shorts that appeared during Saturday morning cartoon right. blocks. But exactly. um, I think... I think at least I think in the news and Big Blue Marble were maybe on CBS, and then you know, um, uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse Rock I think was maybe ABC. I think so, yeah. But that was like the Schoolhouse Rock was amazing, mm-hmm. and that was another one that also helped me. All of those those shorts helped me think about sort of the educational power of of media, and I remember distinctly when I was in government class in in twelfth grade that. Um, when we had to, 
you know, there was a test where we had to do write out the preamble of the Constitution, and you could just hear people basically kind of humming the the tune <laughs> yes. of the Schoolhouse Rock version to just be kind of like, okay, me, the people, in order to form, you know, like, yeah. it's great. And it's like that was such a, you know, that was, you know, so sticky, as we say in media. It was, that that really is just something that stayed with kids. And, you know, there are so many people that, of that, you know, who grew up with Schoolhouse Rock who could just, you know, probably sing it right now and bust out in, in their favorite one. Right. I, I, the one that sticks in my head is the, the about the bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I can picture the, the, the rolled-up paper guy with the legs and the, you know, the, yeah. the eyes and, and singing about the bill. How do, you, how do you get a bill in Congress and everything? Yeah, that's, it, like you say, they, those things stick in your head. Yeah. No, it was great. It was really, really well done. Yeah. Uh, what about movies? Uh, gosh, um... I guess, uh, well, I was really happy that Moonlight won the Academy Award. Mm-hmm. That was, I thought, a really wonderful story, very well told. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think about what else I've seen this year. I guess I haven't really seen as many movies because um, I'm blanking. I saw a bunch, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember anything right now beyond Moonlight. Um, what about older movies? What, you know, what, what's, When you're flipping through the TV or looking through Netflix or whatever and you come across... A certain movie that you cannot, you know, you got to watch it, no matter how many times you've seen it. Oh gosh, um, I don't know. I guess uh, I go through phases, but um, I like. Uh, um, hmm, what would I say is in that category? It's so funny because that's just not the thing. It's like going through you know, flipping channels and catching a movie in progress and getting drawn in is so different than flipping through listings on Netflix or right. you know, yeah. Amazon or something. Cause it's like, Oh, do I want to watch that? And it's more, um, like I'm not as drawn to the old movies in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, so I guess that, um, I don't know if I have one of those anymore. I mean, I definitely watched the, Lord of the Rings movies a billion times when they were on um, when they were on cable and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I remembered that when those came out um, and when they made it to cable that I saw them. You know, you just tune in and it's on TBS or TNT or something. Right. Um, you know, halfway through the movie, but it doesn't matter. I think I can't do that anymore because I can't do all the, the commercials right. as well. I know. <laughs> we get spoiled. It's already a three-hour movie and they make it like five hours. Right. I know. <laughs> Uh, well, Ellen, I thank you so much for joining us, and uh, sure. I wish you luck with uh, the Fred Rogers Company, and uh, we'll be uh, watching out for all the shows that you come out with. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It was great talking with you, Brian. I want to thank Ellen so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond, and uh, if you get a chance, if you've got kids or if you've got grandkids, what better shows to have them watch than shows from the Fred Rogers Company. I mean, you know, we all grew up with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and uh, that tradition continues with all the great shows they have, so be sure to check them out. And Ellen Doherty, thank you so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond and filling us in on what you have coming our way. So, that is it. We are getting near the end of another episode of On Screen and Beyond. We've got lots of things coming your way, and... We uh, want to remind you, if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you're on iTunes, leave us a review. If you, uh, you know, want to tell a friend, 
that gets the word out even better because I'm sure out of the 458 episodes of On Screen and Beyond, there is somebody in that pile that uh, people want to listen to that uh, they always enjoyed or enjoy or we are watching or were watching or continuing to watch and uh, listen to as far as music people and TV and movies and, and everything, just have them check it out. Go to the rerun page at On Screen and Beyond, and you can see every episode we've ever done. They're all right there, and you can go to iTunes, too. They're there, and uh, check them out. All right, that's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when do we once again take you On Screen and Beyond? I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Take care.